0: I received a grant to document roadside attractions kind of, I would say, I guess, in the middle of this country. I'm taking a big loop from Detroit to New Orleans and back about 3,500 miles to visit roadside attractions that one person made them. One person decided to turn their house into, say, a temple, or they built a 10,000 square foot tree house in their backyard. So I'm looking at people who just, for whatever reason, made their personal space into an attraction, a place that people are interested in coming. It means different things to them. It means different things to the communities. And a lot of them, when their creator dies, they just kind of languish. Nobody is there to take care of them. They kind of fall into ruin or a new owner comes and bulldozes the entire work. And I think they're a really interesting part of American culture. I think it kind of shows something to the spirit of people who live here who want to turn their surroundings into something phenomenal, unreal, and bring people to the towns, make a new reason to come to the town. What was it that got you interested in, in roadside attractions? I've been just attracted to that like odd, the weird. Um, I think in college I spent more time kind of looking through roadsideamerica.com. There's lots of weird stuff. I was in Ann Arbor, and that kind of had its own. They have their fairy doors, which I always love seeing on the road. Um, nearby, I haven't been to it yet, but there's an abandoned dinosaur theme park that I've always been meaning to go to. It's this type of thing that attracts me. And I'm in Detroit and you have, it's weird for me to consider places in the city I live, roadside attractions. But if you were a visitor, I mean, you have the Heidelberg Project, you have um, the bead museum. There's plenty of other places that kind of fit that, that aesthetic that I'm going to. And it's really interesting. And it brings people to the city. It starts conversation. It's kind of a fascinating part of someone taking what's in their mind or taking a lot of the ones that God told them to do this and building it, acting on it. So as you're embarking on this trip, what are one or two of the things that uh, you definitely know that you're going to go and be taking a look at and, uh, you know, reporting out on? So I have, I think, at least 19 pre-planned stops with room for a lot of other whatever we find over on the road trip. I knew I couldn't go without stopping at like a world's largest. I have the world's largest ball of paint, which is uh, I think is a 1,000 pound it started with a baseball, and the man has been layering on coats of paint over and over and over for many years and now he has this hanging just in his garage um if you contact him you can see it but he's just kind of doing it for himself and he has people come in and they sign a book when they put on a different coat of paint and he even had to like install a really intense apparatus to hold a thousand pounds of paint (laughs) in his garage so it's a pretty big variety like that or like I'll go to Gatlinburg and there's a salt and pepper shaker museum where she has 20,000 collections of salt and pepper shakers and I thought what was interesting is the woman who runs it sees it as like a anthropological exercise. So she's kind of looking at salt and pepper shakers in different cultures throughout time. She has them organized, from what I've seen in pictures, based on location, color, age. It's kind of this whole huge assortment. And you go in this room and it's just salt and pepper shakers of all different colors, all different styles, fruit, people, anything, I'm sure. So those are some of the ones I'm going to. And I'm really excited to kind of see why the people did it, what brought them to do it, and then also what happened.